side that couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome everyone to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is the special Survivor Series edition. Wow, that music. I am Joe Murata alongside the one, the only, Michael Quinn. How are you doing today, Quinn? I'm doing good. It's great to be with you, Quinn, here on this special Thursday edition. Survivor Series just three days away. So it's like Thanksgiving, but not Thanksgiving, the week before Thanksgiving. Right, exactly. And we are here to talk to you about the Survivor Series. Now, not, of course, the current Survivor Series. We would never do such a thing. Why would we talk about that? Why would we talk about that? garbage. No, we're here to talk to you about some of our favorite and maybe least favorite uh, moments from the Survivor Series. You might say some things we remember and some things we wish we didn't. Wow. Would you say that, Quinn? I would say that. I would say that about Survivor Series, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I would also say that we have over 40 years... Of combined fandom. That's like nearly as many as Survivor Series. It is. <laughs> it is, really. Actually, it's more, but I think it's, we're 10 years off or something. It's, we're, how many years has I this think show this been is on the, the air? the 30th Survivor Series. Yeah. And this show has it been is. on for, I. this is like 70 years. So. Yeah, we've been on, we've been going for a long time. And folks. then we have 40 years of knowledge. That's right. So, I mean, you just put all that together and it's like, we were around in the 1800s. Yeah, this is a really old show. This is probably like the first podcast yeah. It's so retro. We are. Yeah. So, anyway, this is a special 90-minute episode. From what I understand, Quinn worked out some deal with the sponsors where we were able to get an extra half hour of airtime. Yeah, something with Lord Alfred. And, you know, <laughs> I was talking to him, and I said, Lord Alfred, come on. It's it's special time of the year. You know, families getting together. Yeah. People just want to sit around their radios or whatever they listen to this podcast on and, uh, you know, hear about the Survivor Series. The thing is, is I, I, I asked Lord Alfred to pass the salt. <laughs> and that's what happened. Yeah. All right, so enough nonsense, Quinn. Well, this Thanksgiving, the salt. I <laughs> that's mean, true. We need the salt. <laughs> I know you do. I do need the salt. I love salt. I would like to remind you guys at any time that you're listening to this, if you haven't followed us on Twitter yet, feel free to reach out at OVP Podcast. You can tweet at us. You can yell at us. You can argue with us. We don't care. Hmm. I really don't. We don't. We just want to hear from you. And uh, you could also email us, of course, at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. You know, Quinn, you know why we have those? Why do we have those? Because it's all about the fans. It is all about the fans. Quinn, where can they subscribe? You want to tell me that? You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, all sorts of things. Did that- we get that MySpace yet or no? No. Jeez. <laughs> One of these I, days. Well, I mean, this podcast is so old. I mean, I don't even... We might predate MySpace. I don't even... Yeah. You know, this might... When was this recorded? Like, 1873? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That um, doesn't make any sense. Not at all. So, <laughs> I would like to also mention, folks, if you're listening to this on Thursday um, or Friday, in just a few short days, actually, the one, the only, Scott Keith will be joining us. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about that, too. Scott Keith has actually been um, someone I've been reading for... About as long as I've known you, Quinn. 17 years. Wow. 
Now we add the 17 years on top of yeah, these tunnels. Yeah, I know. We're like, the for, George Washington is actually with us in the studio yeah. <laughs> today. He's going to be here in two weeks, actually. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Um, so, Quinn, we're going to talk about the Survivor Series, as okay. we mentioned here. I'm sure people are waiting for us to get to that. I bet you they are. <laughs> so, the Survivor Series, folks, if you don't know, I'm sure you do, started in 1987, and it was actually the um, second of the Big Four. Yes. Quinn, now what is the Big Four? The Big Four entails WrestleMania, of course, which was the original. Then they added Survivor Series, right, which we're going to talk about today. Yep. Then they uh, added SummerSlam. And then, finally, the Royal Rumble, which was, I believe, like a USA television special. It wasn't 30 men yet. It was only 20. And- well, yeah, the first Royal Rumble in 88 was a 20-man special. Yeah. The first Survivor Series was November of 1987, and what Vince did <laughs> is he— I love this, by the way. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, it's not, like, a nice thing to do, but it's still admirable, I guess, in a certain sense. Hey, it's competitive. It is competitive. It's something and- you can't say about him now. <laughs> yeah. And it worked, is he— put Survivor Series on pay-per-view with a red-hot WWF product advertising an encounter between Andre and Hulk because they were right. on opposing teams. Technically, yes, they were they had encountering been a, each other. They had been apart um, since WrestleMania three. They hadn't had anything to do with each other. So no, they haven't. Vince did to sell this pay-per-view as he used that as the main draw. Mm. And he put it against NWA's established supercard, which was a Thanksgiving tradition, Starcade. Starcade. Yes. And now pay-per-view, of course, was not um, what it would later become in the 90s. It was kind of new. It was kind of new. So providers had to choose which one to carry. And a lot of them chose WWF because of the name recognition. You got Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. The biggest pay-per-view of all time was just a couple months before. This was the first time they were going to butt heads. It had the mainstream appeal. So it it actually did two things. It it forced Starcade to actually move to December, which it did the following year. And it remained... And it remained in December the rest of its run. Um, yeah. What was the Starcade '85? That was that was Dusty versus Flair. Starcade '85 was Dusty versus Flair. Yeah, well, that was a pretty good Starcade actually too. That's the one with Magnum TA and, and Tully Blanchard yeah. in the cage. Yeah. So so what Vince did is he just kept doing Survivor Series every year, even though it was no longer competing against Starcade. Yeah. And initially, folks, from '87 until 1990. Uh, Survivor Series was actually on Thanksgiving, Quinn, which we were talking about earlier today. Right. That, what do you think is, of that? Okay, as a person that wasn't around at that that point, the idea of pay-per-view not being on Sundays is still a weird concept to me. I feel like I've only lived through, like, as far as being a wrestling fan, I've obviously been around, you know, alive before that. But, sure. you know, as a wrestling fan... um, it's just very odd to me to not have a pay-per-view on Sunday. I think the only one that I lived through, like, that I can remember is, like, uh, Taboo Tuesday. Taboo something. Tuesday, yeah, which was, of course, on And that was the one Tuesday. where the fans voted on the internet or yeah, it something. it was terrible. Yeah. It was really awful. Yeah, and they, 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 they came concept. out, they walked on a keyboard. You remember that? I, <laughs> <laughs> I do. They yeah. walked on a keyboard or something. Yeah. No, was that Cyber Sunday? No, they Taboo carried Tuesday it over. Yeah, was the you're original right. one. You're right, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I also think, I get part of the appeal is that, you, you know, the WWF benefit, benefited from the inertia of people after Thanksgiving dinner, maybe just want to sit the hell around their house. Well, yeah. Hey, it, why not turn on that Hulk Hogan, you know? Well, I think also. <laughs> the, the wrestling. 
I mean, it's on after the football game, right? The football game, at least nowadays, they have a night game, but I think back then they didn't. Probably had day games. I don't know. I wasn't, you know, I was yeah. two. I was two during the first well, Survivor even, Series. So even I, don't I remember in the early nineties, they football wasn't on at night usually during Thanksgiving. You know, they got the turkey at the end of the Lions game, and then that would be the end of football yeah, for I the think day. At the end of the Lions game, the turducken. I think, yeah, the, yeah, the Lions always play oh, it. Turducken. Oh, jumping, uh, jumping. <laughs> yeah. Boom, so I, I actually recall from the early nineties as well. Um, football it was being light out when the football game was going right, on or it was in an arena the cowboys and yeah. the lions generally played on but i mean light out at my house okay um you know it was during right, the right. day oh, okay That's i got i see say. what you're saying see I, what i did there the, 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 the guy with the with the light was on but not in the <laughs> arena uh, that okay enough john that, madden that, that also sounded like a roddy piper no i don't do roddy piper <laughs> So, uh, what was I going to say? This is a special uh, 90-minute episode, folks. We're not following our standard format. There is no missed opportunity here. None of that. There is no overrated or underrated. None of that either. And there is no then and now. And especially not that. (laughs) This is strictly... Joe and Quinn bullshitting with you folks for about 90 minutes about yeah, the Survivor I mean, we're getting Series. ready for the Thanksgiving festivities exactly. as well. So, you know, got yeah. my pumpkin ale here. It's all folly. I am drinking a Heineken in case you were wondering. You yeah. weren't, but... And I'm just ready for some Survivor Series talk. And we're going to talk about it. So I get why they had it on Thanksgiving. Uh, a, to screw with Crockett. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the primary reason it yeah. exists in the first place. Exactly. But it kind of became a, a decent... A, a Thanksgiving tradition, yeah, as they say. a, a tradition, now, if you will. Now, the last one to be on Thanksgiving was uh, 90. And then they moved it from 91 until 94. It was on Thanksgiving Eve, you know, the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Which, again, weird in the Very middle of weird. the week. But you figure people don't have work the next day. That's a, Yeah, it's true. But, and, oh, wait. They didn't. Did they ever do it on Black Friday? No, okay, no. no. Uh, after '94, every pay per view was just always on a Sunday. Okay. After that, that was the last non-standard pay per view. It's the 90s. good that we're talking about this too, because I think when people watch pay per views, it doesn't. They're not really looking at the date when they click on the WWE Network. No, like, probably not. I mean, like the only if you just look at the pay per view title, the only blatantly obvious ones are Taboo Tuesday and this Tuesday in Texas, Cyber like, Sunday. Cyber Sun. Well, that's on Sunday though. Yeah. I'm saying people expect that all of them are on Sunday. Right, because it's yeah, been that way for yeah, over 20 exactly. years now. But Royal Rumble used to be on Saturdays a lot. I mean, there were yeah. sometimes they were on in the afternoon. WrestleMania was never on a like regular weekday, was it? WrestleMania 2 was on a Monday. Huh. Which That's is, odd. Uh, WrestleMania 2 being odd enough, you know? <laughs> I know. They, they <laughs> Let alone put it on a freaking Monday. What? I mean, the buy rate couldn't have been as good. Nothing about it was as good. No, it was the inferior, but they, they made up for that the next year. They certainly did. So, folks, um, to the Survivor Series now. The original concept, Quinn, why don't you explain the original concept? The original concept is five-on-five five, um, elimination contests right. between you know two heel and face teams, uh, essentially, most of the time. And what they would normally do is one match would have a lot of the main eventers in it, like the first right. one had Hogan and Andre. Yeah. And some matches would have upper mid-carters. Occasionally, there'd be like a, a stray main eventer, like a Ted DiBiase um, making his way into a match. But basically, what it is, is it's a five-on-five contest originally, and it's elimination, and you can get eliminated in four ways. Pinfall, submission, countout, or DQ. Any of the regular wrestling rules apply, and that will eliminate you from the match. You have to leave 
and generally your manager has to leave too if you have yeah, one. Yeah, that's right? true. Back in the manager days, absolutely. And then there was some where they like banned managers, but ninety one. That think never they did. really worked out. No, well. that never worked out. That was a weird thing. Uh, just a little gimmick there. Yeah, but okay. So that you got those matches, and then I believe it is eighty eighty nine, right? When they moved to the four-on-four format? That's correct. The first two years were a five-on-five, and then in 89, they switched to four-on-four. Right, which I thought was way better. Because I did, too. Those five-on-five ones are a little long. They get a little girthy. I mean, I was I was looking back to some Survivor Series in my uh, reminiscing, you know, because it's tis the season, right? Yes. And uh, I was watching, uh, I think it was Survivor Series 88, and there was like this tag team thing where there was like 10 men. A 20-man tag. Yeah, right. 10, on, 10 on 10. Right, where if you're t- one of your tag members gets eliminated, the whole tag team's out. It's like right. a, it's a spin off the Survivor Series concept. Correct. Which was a lot in the early ones, too. They had that, even in the first one. The first one. And the, and the tag team match in the first one is excellent. The first one's good, but the second one's it's not so good. Bloated, and, it's bloated. Yeah. But it's 40 minutes. That's like crazy. Yeah, it's a long time. That's a long through. time for one match. At least you got a bunch of different guys to watch, though. Yeah, but it, you would think, like, they only... It, it, when you say 40 minutes, it sounds like they had to eliminate, like, both of them. No, no, no. This was like, one gets... If one gets eliminated, yeah, both are out. But that's it's true. still 40 minutes. It's still 40 minutes. Yeah. It's long. I agree. Um, and, you know, the first few Survivor Series, I mean, honestly... Nothing notable really happened until 1991. No, I mean, I well, feel, I feel like let me put it this way: the attra- I'll backtrack on that in a yeah, second. Go but, ahead, though. Let me put it this way: I feel like the attraction was the match at first because it wasn't there wasn't like Survivor Series matches on before that. No, it was there like weren't. a new match. They had to usually explain the rules the first yeah, few years, exactly, because it was like a, a new it, concept, very new concept. So this was a special thing, and it feels like the first ones are very like we're going to show you what Survivor Series is. I agree, like, yeah. They're not going to give you no singles matches on this. No, no, you're right. 100% agree. The first one to have a singles match was 91. And it, and a singles match it was, a, a very notable one. That was when the Hulkster defended his World Wrestling Federation title against who, Quinn? The Undertaker. And when did he debut? At the Survivor Series the previous year. That's right, in 1990. So you got a guy in 91, and this is one of my favorite moments, matches, even though it's a terrible match. Right. In the Survivor Series, the early ones, is the 91 Survivor Series in Detroit, Michigan. Is Hulk Hogan, the, the world champion, on his third reign at that point. Right, and The Undertaker, and he's new. He's one year in the Federation. It's literally the year anniversary. I mean, not exactly, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's it just about one year. And he had been undefeated on TV. I, I'm positive he lost house show matches because I've seen them. You know, Wait, like, who would beat him? Ultimate in- Warrior beat him. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, like, The Undertaker, like, in his entire career is barely lost. Right. But um, he was undefeated, you know, quote-unquote undefeated at that point. Right. So he fights Hulk Hogan. He he beats Hulk Hogan for the with world the title with Rick the help Flair, of Ric Flair. Which leads to a, a match this Tuesday in Texas, which is kind of interesting. I was actually... Again, I was reminiscing, looking back at some old Survivor series. Did you watch this Tuesday in Texas? I didn't watch this Tuesday in Texas, but what's odd about Survivor Series 91 is that, like, it just kind of ends with them hyping Tuesday in Texas. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, it's not even, like, there's not even, like, a lot on this show. It's, like, two hours and 30 minutes or something. It's not long at all. No, it's and Survivor Series '91 has a weird format. It opens with like a recap of Randy Savage getting suspended yeah, with the Jake and, or thing, reinstated yeah. and getting bitten, and yeah, it's a weird uh, show. But it's actually 
it has a very good opening match, 91. Yes, it does. With Brett and Roddy Piper and Virgil and the British Bulldog. Million Dollar Man. Against Million Dollar Man and... and um, Mountie. Yeah. Warlord. Yep. Um, and... Um, no, I'm trying to think. I know a man, Ric Flair, Mountie, Warlord. Yes, Ric Flair. It's just four and four, right? Yeah, it, it, yeah, because they didn't go back to the five and five for Not a while. Not until 94, so... so. Yeah. So that is a good match. You that match to... has some of the best hype, too, because of that whole Warlord eats Domino's pizza thing. And the Warlord always said, yeah. Gorilla brings it up at a, at a house show right before Survivor Series, which is actually on the network you can watch. Yeah, I know the yeah. one you mean. That one's pretty fun, actually. So so that's a good match at that Survivor Series. I guess we're on 91 for the time being. So it's got Gorilla and Bobby on commentary, which right. you got to love. Yeah. They can make anything much more entertaining than it has any right to be. The opener's really good. If you remember, Flair wins... Yeah. Because everyone else gets like disqualified. It's like really bullshit ending. <laughs> but I mean, it's that's perfect. kind of it's kind of what Flair is about. Yeah. So it's like It makes total sense. Yeah, that's fine. It has a um and like I was mentioning, the Hulk Hogan Undertaker match where Undertaker wins with the help of Ric Flair. He puts a chair in and the Undertaker tombstones him on the chair and then he kind of takes it right back yeah. out. Yeah. And the fans are cheering for Undertaker's win, which I found funny. Well, it's exciting. To, uh, too, because that's what I like about Survivor Series 91, I, the excitement. It is exciting. Like, it feels like stuff is happening. It's a like, good crowd. You feel like WrestleMania is just around the corner, too. That's one of those shows where you feel like, okay, WrestleMania is just around the corner. Like, what's going to happen? You know what? I would say, and we're not doing segments here, but I would say that Sur- uh, 1991 gets a lot of flack, but I actually really like 1991. I love 91. I feel like it's a table setter for the great year that is 92. Right. And different strokes for different folks, but man, I could watch stuff from 91 all day. It's great. I Like I said, I watched those superstars recently. It's just yeah. a, it's a fun year. There's a lot of... It's, it's, lo, it's light on the feuds, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, but the feuds matter. Right. They're very important. Virgil DiBiase is yeah. like almost the whole year. It's almost the whole year. Hogan is Slaughter. like... Hogan and Slaughter for like half the year. And then Hogan um, Flair is part of the year. Yeah, part of it. But of course they don't... That that whole thing. We went, yeah. we went over that We definitely already, touched but, upon that. Yeah, but... You know, it's fun, and you got the whole flair angle with the coming, him coming in and everything. But I think we're deviating from Survivor Series a little bit. Yeah. You know who debuted besides The Undertaker at Survivor Series 90? Who? The Gobbledygooker. Oh, set for action. Yeah, and you know what that whole deal Don't tell was. Me you're the it was this giant egg, right? Now, I've heard, yeah. speaking of Ric Flair, and then you bring up the Gobbledygooker, I heard people thought that was supposed to be Ric Flair. Yeah, but I don't know if that's... I don't would know. that be true? Well, I don't know why people would think that, but I mean... Because that's just a really stupid way to debut Ric Flair out of an egg. That's probably one of those old internet myths. You know, one of those like stupid wrestling rumors like The Undertaker died three times. Or The, or the Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior died. Seven guys or whatever. Yeah, Kerry Von Erich played The Ultimate Warrior, one of those things. Yeah, he could have. He didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's but never he, been proven. He does kind of look like him. Will you? If you put the paint on him. Stop it. He could, he could pass. You need to come. <laughs> so... Survivor Series 92, Quinn, what was unique about that? Survivor Series 92? Yeah. Well, I know it um, main evented Sean and Brett for the first time. That is a huge deal. Not only that, but there are is only one right. four-on-four. Four. That one's very light on the Survivor Series yeah. itself. And even that one... Isn't that like Earthquake and all them? Like It's, it's not. It's like a tag one? Yeah, it's, it's the it's Natural two tag Disasters. Teams, just Million Dollar Incorporated. 
Million Dollar Incorporated. <laughs> Money, yes, Inc., Money Inc. And the Beverly Brothers against the Natural Disasters and the Nasty Boys. Basically, what they're saying is we don't give a shit about Survivor Series. That's exactly that show. what they're saying yeah. at that show. You got a nightstick match with Boss Man and Nails. It's okay. I mean, yeah, it's it it's, it's unique. It's unique. And you know what? This brings up a good point about Survivor Series. Do you feel that Survivor Series in itself can be underwhelming a lot of the time? Like, yes. Like, I feel like it's some relic that, like, oh, there was this new match and elimination matches weren't that common back then. Like, there was right. a Royal Rumble, which was an elimination style match. Like, yeah, but this- I'm saying I'm thinking of matches where like you get eliminated, but it still goes on in right. some form or fashion. Like battle royals are technically elimination matches too, but people were like not used to this concept. But like it feels like keeping the pay per view about that seems to make no sense. Like even thirty years later now, well, you could tell there was a period of time that they hit in the mid and later nineties where they would throw these bullshit Survivor Series teams together that no one gave a yeah, crap about. There, it felt like there was like just a novelty Survivor Series match. They were just doing it because it was Survivor Series, right? And then there's the other weird ones where they would have like, like King with a bunch of midgets <laughs> and, and like. And and Doink with a bunch of midgets. Yeah, per- Quinn and I just watched ninety four. Actually, that one is or not. okay. That one is so weird to me, and I, I'll tell you why. I want your thoughts. The Backlund thing. The Backlund thing is bizarre. It's bizarre, and it's terrible match. It's not even a good match. It's not good. You would okay. Back back in the day, I kind of liked that match when I look back at it. So did I. But now look, we watched it. It is just. It's boring. It's, it's, it's like a chicken wing forever. That chicken wing spot, I think, goes on until 1995. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the whole show. Like It is. The whole, is that the longest match on the card? It has to be, right? It better be. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the Undertaker-Yoko went that long. Oh, yeah, and that with Walker-Texas Rangers there? Yeah, he kicks Jeff Jarrett, which is funny. Yeah, that is funny. You know how I feel about Jeff Jarrett. Why is Jeff Jarrett there? That, when we were watching that the other day, right? Quinn was very upset. I didn't understand why, how was he aligned with Yokozuna in he any way? He's just a heel. Yeah, but why just him? Well, Bundy and uh, Bigelow came out. Yeah, but they had a feud. I don't know, Jeff Jarrett had nothing else to do. I don't... He that, was great. He was terrible. J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. Yeah, you got it. Thank you. You figured it out. I spelled it. But I did good. I I just I don't get why he's there, and I don't to be a heel. And that, and besides the it's point, wrestling. That pay per view just has some of the shittiest Survivor Series matches. It does, but Quinn on a card where where there's midget clowns and midget kings, and you have to win a match by putting your opponent in a giant box, double wide as gorillas. Is, oh, the commentary too. Oh, oh God, it's Bud Abbott and Bud Abbott. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's two, it's two play-by-play guys. It's it Vince it's, and Gorilla. It's Vince and Gorilla, and Gorilla's like trying to be color. But he's not. He's still like, oh, there's a shot to the back. Yeah. Or no, sorry. The uh, the uh, lower lumbar region. <laughs> but also, Metacarsal tissue. Is that just, I guess it's because King is in a match. Like, that's yeah, and there like, was like literally no one else to do commentary back then. Why couldn't they just do that terrible op- the thing as the opener? Because then people would turn the show off. <laughs> well, they paid 60 bucks for it or whatever. Why would 30, they turn it off? 30 whatever. Probably 60 now. Yeah. Adjusted for With inflation, inflation, yeah. 
The openers at a lot of these Survivor Series are actually very good because and it's... Yeah, I did want to get to that. That, that. You have to. To be fair, there are good openers. 91, like we mentioned, very right. good opener. I thought 94 yeah, had a good one opener. with the whole breakup with Diesel. Yeah, and it's for all the Sean. talent. Most of the talent is in that yeah, match. The, the whole clicks in that match. Yeah, Razor, the <clears throat> I think kid, one, two, three kids in that, yeah. Diesel, Sean, you got uh, Owen and Bulldog. Right. Jeff Jarrett. Well, they're not the click Owen and Bulldog. No, but I'm saying, like, you got yeah. a lot of talent in that match. You got mm-hmm. the new head shrinkers. But it's got Barbarian. It's got Barbarian. We like Barbarian. But I also think that's like, oh, I forgot about that till we watched it. I, the, we didn't the new bring, head shrinkers? I, we didn't bring up the Barbarian stint in the head shrinkers. Why would what we? The, what the fuck is that? Well, I think the thing was, uh, Samu wanted to leave. How old was he? He wasn't that old. He just didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> And did he not just want to wrestle, or did he not want to like be in the head shrinkers anymore? Clint, I, I don't know. I mean, did it's, he go anywhere? You yeah. know, he did the Samoan gangster party with Sammy the. He was Sammy the Silk, and you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? See Dub? Yeah, and then they invaded WWF in '96 with the Make a Difference fat too, and they were like, "Well, I remember Make a Difference." Yeah, he made such a difference. <laughs> he was, Making a difference, fat too, is also one of the weirdest fucking things. Of all time. <laughs> I was around for that. Me I didn't too. really understand what it was. I saw like an article in WWF magazine like before he even came out. Like and it was like about like he's helping like charity and stuff like that. And I was like I thought that that was like temporary or something. Like I didn't realize that that was like that his, was actually his gimmick. Yeah, I thought it was like, oh, he's helping people. That's great. And like then it's like, no, he shows up and he's actually like making a difference. Spot too. Yeah, and the thing was, is in the vignettes and stuff that they they were like acknowledge that he speaks English and he's like, and I got shot in San Francisco and now I help the kids. And weird. like the gimmick, the gimmick it's was so just. Weird. I don't know why they did it, and I don't know why they chose him to do it. I mean, I like I like him as Wasn't a wrestler. It, I feel like, okay, this is just a WWE thing. Oh, okay. But I feel like whenever they have a character or a guy that they want to keep because he's a good company man, but they don't know what to do with, they give him the charity. Like, he always goes to the charities. Like, Titus O'Neil is a perfect example right now. Titus O'Neil got in trouble for touching Vince McMahon. Yeah, but this was even before that. And then afterwards, they were like, I felt like that whole Tyson O'Neill thing was basically like, you can't do that on TV. We're not mad at you. You just have to like go away for a month. Or but, if there's a good company man, his name is Kane, and they have him throw people out of the Royal Rumble and do stupid shit and <laughs> never go away. Well, I'd rather have the charity gimmick. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know, because you got freaking 96-year-old Kane and Big Show you still know, kicking around. That reminds me. Has Kane ever done anything significant at Survivor Series? Has Kane ever not... done anything significant? Oh, come on. You don't like Kane? I did, like, 20 years ago. All right, fine. 18 years ago right. in I'm 1998. Talking, I'm talking in the prime. Was there a Kane? He wasn't. Was he, was he in the Deadly Game He's in the Deadly Games. He fights The Undertaker. Oh, right. Right, right, right. I think he wins. I don't remember what happens, actually. Don't they both get DQ? Yeah, They're, like, out of it or something. You might be right. I really don't remember. The Deadly Game is actually... that. That's a good segue to the Deadly Game. So I'll back around that, and then, Quinn, you can give your thoughts on it. Yeah. So that's Survivor Series 98, folks, and I believe we briefly touched upon this um, when we were talking about the Attitude Era recently. Yeah, I think so. But that was probably one of Vince Russo's best-booked things It's a crowning achievement. Did. I agree. It was. Because what had happened is Vince was hell-bent, you know, in storyline, of course, uh, getting the title off of Steve Austin. Right. So what happened was in the September pay-per-view, 
Breakdown, I believe it was called, in September of 98, uh, Kane and The Undertaker both pinned Steve Austin. Mm. So the title was then vacant. And that was a long time before Survivor Series. Like two for months. Attitude Era, like two, two months, months without yeah. a champion. So then at the October pay-per-view, the match was between Kane and Undertaker for the vacant world title with Austin as the ref. And the stipulation was that um, if Austin didn't referee the match fair and square, he'd be fired. Right. See, this is how you know it's good, because I actually remember it. <laughs> That's how yeah. you know it was like a well-put-together storyline. You might have to refresh line. me a little bit, because yeah. you know my problem with 98? It's not that it's bad booked. It's just there's so much so going, much going on. on. Yeah, it's, totally, it's hard to keep track I of. I get it. Yeah. So basically what happened is uh, Austin counted them both down. There was no winner. Vince is like, screw you, Austin, you're fired. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, I you're remember that whole shit. So the fired. title stayed vacant. But they reinstated Austin. By, yeah, by Austin, Survivor because series. Shane McMahon brought him back. Right, okay. Shane McMahon brought him back. Well, that's part of Correct. Survivor Series. So basically, there was going to be this tournament at Survivor Series 98 to determine the new world champion. And the other running storyline, Quinn, is that The Rock had recently turned face... Right, and this is this is why is this is so good. Part, I mean, the whole rock yeah. face turn, and then yeah, he just had turned go, face go because the fans kind of just turned him face. Yeah, it was cut, and he was the nation organic. was like dissolved at that point and in then, some form. Yes, and they officially um, cemented the turn by having D'Lo and Mark Henry turned on the Rock. Right, and the Godfather just like faded away, and he became a face too. Yeah, well, he became the God, the Godfather. Right. So the Rock is a big face, big favorite in this tournament. You got Austin in the tournament, you got Undertaker and Kane in the tournament. Right. You've got Mankind. Now the thing with Mankind is he was still technically a heel, but he's Vince McMahon's like you think at least he's Vince McMahon's hand picked right. like one to get the title. He's been sucking up to Vince and he's been, you That know, led to the whole bedpan thing. Led to Socko. Socko right. and all this. Exactly. So he's been sucking up to Vince at this point. And there's another thing with that. I love because of that. <laughs> if you remember in that Survivor Series, Mankind tries to wrestle in a suit the whole match. He starts in a full suit, yes. Right, but that's what leads to the shirt with the tie that he kept forever. No, he actually wore the shirt and tie before that. Okay, but I, I'm saying by the end of this pay-per-view, he's just in his like shirt and he's tie in his with normal the tie attire, yeah. with socks on, if you recall. He yeah. doesn't have his boots for some reason. But he actually debuted the shirt and tie look in June of 98. Okay, okay, fair he, enough. When he came I thought, back. I thought that that was like actually clever no. that it morphed into that because if you remember he has it already at hell in a cell okay at king of the fair Ring. enough fair that's enough. a common misconception so maybe we just told the fans something yeah yeah you, you help me i thought i thought it was at that show that the certain tie debuted well quinn sometimes mistakes are made it's just <laughs> that's true so basically you've got mankind now and he's still technically a heel but the crowd is starting to warm up to him he's starting to be the funny version of mankind Right. He's less like the demented rat piano boiler room mankind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's becoming funnier. It's the mankind we love. Yeah, the more sympathetic, goofy, like loser version. But also, of like he's like he could take a beating and keep going. Right, and he's still, but he's he's still technically a heel, and he's sucking up to Vince McMahon the whole time. Right. So basically, the whole tournament unfolds in such a way, and you might know the matches and, and the outcomes better than there's me, some Quinn. before we get too yeah, far ahead. into it. There's some good moments like the Dwayne Gill thing. Ugh. Why don't you cover that? Because well, mankind that. is like handpicked, and like they, they, he comes out. It's like the first match or something like that. Maybe it's like the second. It's in the first round. Yeah, regardless. it's in the first round. It's really early on, and they're they're hyping up that mankind's gonna have an easy route. Right, and then they hype 
like Pat Patterson like comes out to like announce this. No, Vince himself does. Or the Vince, intro. you're right, Vince. But Patterson and Briscoe are with him. That's why I'm confused. Yeah, the Stooges. It. Anyway, so the Stooges are with him, and he's in the wheelchair and the whole thing. And he announces, he announces like mankind's opponent, like it's like this amazing thing. He's like, he's the head coach of the elementary school Panthers. Yeah, and, he makes all these like, like bombastic, great, magnanimous, you yeah, know, announcements he, about the guy. He's like, he's he's a former WWE superstar coming right. out of retirement, and you're like, oh my god, like what is this? I was like, is this Shawn Michaels? Yeah, like all this stuff, and then he just goes, Dwayne. Gil! So it's like the big bullshit. Yeah, it's it's just Dwayne Gill, the jobber from like the nineties. And the, yeah. the best is his music is like it's like it's like sitcom music or something. And he's got music, and the other funny part is he's got a video and he looks at the video all like proud. Yeah. <laughs> he's Doesn't like, he get scared by his own pyro. Yes, they give him pyro, they give him everything because they're like trying to Vince is trying to set this up like it's yeah. important. It's really funny. It is funny. Mankind beats him in like four seconds. Yeah, he and I the the best is if I recall, he gives him like a small package or some like real wrestling maneuver that Mankind would like never ever do. Yeah, it's true. You're right. <laughs> it's like really stupid. You're right. That's what he does. Yeah. So basically Mankind cruises his way through the tournament. There's other things too to Go ahead. get him. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. If I recall Boss Man gets himself double counted out with Austin. Um, there's something. Boss man, see this is this is where I get foggy. It's something with Boss man in Austin. Boss man, um, I think loses to Austin by DQ, doesn't he? Doesn't he come out and hit him with a chair? No, I thought there's there's some way to get Austin eliminated. I thought that was Boss man, but maybe I'm mis- mixing it up. Anyway, folks, it's basically the, set yeah. Up. The, it, 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 the point is, is that. Austin gets eliminated. It's basically set up where um, Steve Austin is eliminated because Shane McMahon, who had been reinstated as a referee. Okay, that's why, yeah. He comes out to count the three, so he gets to two. And he gives him the finger. He stops, and then he flips off Austin. (laughs) And then, I believe... uh, So Shane is now heel. Yes. Like, previously, he was not. Correct. And that's how Austin loses, so he's out. So Mankind makes it to the finals. The Rock quietly has been, you know, making uh, yeah, it to the like finals. Yeah, he's like big facing it up, almost like Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 4 style. Like right. every victory is this big thing. Whereas Mankind had more of like a million dollar man type run. Right. It's you know? it, the, ro- the roles are reversed. So they both get there. And what happens, Quinn, in the finals, Rock versus Mankind for the championship? It turns out that they screw Mankind out of it. And how do they do that? I believe The Rock puts the sharpshooter on Mankind just like the year before in Survivor Series 97, which we haven't talked about yet. But Very reminiscent of the Montreal Screwjob, yes. Rock puts him in the sharpshooter. He doesn't really submit. Vince calls for the bell. More bombastic than, obviously, back then. Uh, yeah. Like, very loudly. They award The Rock the title. The Rock, the whole time, has been in cahoots with Vince. Mm-hmm. He. This is the first time we had one of those like real like. Yeah, this actually was a big deal at the right. time. Right, and what like this shit happened like back and forth in '99 and stuff. But this is like the first like, wow, holy shit! Like The Rock like totally fooled everyone. It was a successful 
Vince Russo swerve. To the point where I remember there was a big fat guy in like a Chef Boradie outfit that had an apron that said, if you smell what the rock's cooking on it, like like actual like super fans, like dressing up like him. That's how like facey he was. Did you say big fat guy? Yeah, it's real. Look it up. It's true. <laughs> what am I going to type in? Big fat guy in rock apron? Chef Boradie. Chef Boyardee rock fat guy. Yeah, he looks like Chef Boyardee. What do you mean? Like the actual Chef Boyardee? I don't think he has the mustache, but he's kind of he, fat. Well, then he doesn't look like him. Oh, shush. Wait, Chef Boyardee's not fat. He's kind of pudge. No. You don't think? No. Chef Boyardee. By the way, you know that's his real name. but it's Really? Not, well, Chef isn't his first name. but uh, I thought it was Chef. But it's <laughs> it's B-O-B- Boyardee. It's Boyardee in Italian, but it's not spelled Boyardee. The point is, is he has he has like actual people rooting for him, and they're like yeah. showing you this, sure, yeah, the whole time, and it makes it more like grand and like ridiculous. I that, thought it was a brilliant storyline by Russo. I really do. It's one of the best Survivor Series period because of it. I mean, yes, not in terms of match quality. I was looking up just out of curiosity. Yeah, that mat- that show has eighteen matches on it. Yeah, but they're all like three minutes. Yeah, they're they're short. But it's it's just it's kind of crazy. Like it's a whole tournament. It is, it, and it was a captivating tournament. It was interesting because that's a period of time where it's like, all right, you got Austin there, you got The Rock, you, you have got characters. Undertaker, and even Kane. the undercards good. It's like Al Snow, I think, is around, and like uh, Big X-Pac. Boss Man, like X Pac, and they're all at their like height, like the, of popularity. Like nobody's like stupid in there, this other is, than Dwayne Gill. But that's yeah. just kind of funny. This is probably. I mentioned when we were talking about the Attitude Era that around, you know, after SummerSlam, it started to go downhill. This is about one of the last cohesive things of 1998-99 that there was. Oh, yeah. This it, made it sense. It feels planned. Like, it's not like yeah. something, it's not some, like, thing they figured out, like, when they started no. the pay-per-view. Like, no, I mean, I mean, Austin had been back and forth with The Undertaker since SummerSlam when they were both face, and it devolved into... Undertaker being in cahoots with McMahon. Everything's connected. It, it made sense. Yeah, everything is very connected. And speaking of connected, folks, we want to get connected with you. So why don't you tweet at us right now? Just anything at OVP Podcast. Follow us. We read the tweets. We respond to them. And tweets. we respond and we follow back. Oh, yeah. If, you, if you're looking for followers, just... We're, we're we're here. Guys. We're yeah. a free follow. How about that? Yeah. How about if, that? If so nothing else, if nothing else, we're a free follow. Maybe you're at ninety nine followers. You need your hundredth. Hey, follow us. We'll follow you right back. We're here for you. And we're not a bot. We're here for the fans. We're not Mishlafa from yeah, we, Russia. We, we read the tweets if you tweet us. We do. We read them. So if you got stuff to say about Survivor Series, even like yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. We love Survivor Series or Thanksgiving. Yeah, or John Madden. Yeah, John Madden, Turducken, all Scott that sort of stuff. Scott Keith. Scott Keith, again, will be joining us this upcoming Monday, folks. Yep. It's going to be a very special podcast. Scott Keith will be chiming in, talking to us about the topics we bring up. It's I'm very be, excited. It's going to be wonderful. I'm super excited. So you can check him out, of course, at blogofdoom.com. He also hosts, with Brian Bayless, the podcast of Doom. I've heard. At the Place to Be Nation. So... The place to be right now for us is in the garage having a cigarette. We'll be back right after this. Hello, may I come in? I am Chef Boyardi. Perhaps you have seen my picture on Chef Boyardi products at your grocer. Today I want to tell you about a wonderful dinner for three. A dinner that only costs about 15 cents a serving. It's my own Chef Boyardi spaghetti dinner with meat sauce or mushroom sauce. It all comes in one carton. A full half pound of tender, quick-cooking spaghetti, 10 full ounces of rich, tasty sauce, and to top it off, 
a whole can of Zippy grated cheese, a wonderful food. So ask your grocer for Chef Boyari's spaghetti dinner with meat or mushroom sauce, won't you? I don't know! Welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast on our special 90-minute Survivor Series edition. Very long. Very long. <laughs> so we're going to move on to uh, somewhat of a segment here, I guess you can call it. We're going to talk about some of our favorite Survivor Series matches. I'm going to open the floor to Mr. Quinn. Well, uh, you know, one of my favorite Survivor Series matches, actually, is at a pretty shitty Survivor Series in 1995. Ooh. But Brett vs. Diesel. This um, was the first Survivor oh, Series yeah. I saw, too, by the way. I love that match. That match is great. It is. It's a really good match as yeah. a as a wrestling. And I match. believe Sean is on commentary or something, or he's at ringside. No, Sean's not involved. Okay, what? Well, I'm thinking of something. You're else, thinking though. of it's time with Vader versus. Okay, right at I the mean, next Sid versus Brett. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, it, it's just a fantastic match. It is. Would it's you really say good. it's like nearing five stars? If I used the star rating, you know what? Why don't we ask Scott Keith? We should on Monday. Um, yeah, I would. I mean, in my book, it's it's up there as far as one of the best matches Diesel's ever had. It is. That and his Shawn Michaels match in, in 96. It is definitely one of the best Brett, or it's a good Brett match. It's actually too, a really yeah, good Brett match. But it's one of the best Diesel matches, period. Yeah. Um, and if that, what was unique about that to me at the time mm-hmm. was is that I had never really seen the WWE title change hands. That That's would probably true. be the first title change I saw live. Yeah, Quinn got into wrestling at the Royal Rumble, like during the Royal Rumble of yeah, 95. Yeah, a friend of mine showed me a tape of the Royal Rumble 95, actually. But it was only, it was like February or something. Right. I don't know. It was like before WrestleMania. Which, coincidentally, Diesel, who was already the champion, fought Bret Hart to a draw. Right. And I saw that. That was a good match, too. It was. That's a very good match. Yeah. I like the Survivor Series match much better. The Survivor Series match. You know what was interesting about the Survivor Series match to me? is that it felt good out of nowhere. Like, I don't yes. remember the hype being, like, big for that. It wasn't anything. huge, no. It was kind of just like, oh, this is the next match Diesel's going to be in. Right, and the like, Diesel experiment had not worked, as we've covered before about Right, 95. but it also wasn't, um, it wasn't one of those things where I felt like, I didn't really think Diesel was going to lose the title there. I didn't either, and you know me, folks. I've said it in every single episode, I feel like. I'm the biggest Bret Hart fan you can imagine. You didn't even think Bret was going to win I didn't the title think Bret there. was going to win. Yeah, and he just wins. He wins. If I recall, does he wear the pink, like, all the way pink? I on think that? he's in all pink in that one, yeah. That's another thing I remember about that. Diesel yeah. has the silver top part and the black leather pants. Okay, yeah. Well, that's the typical Diesel, like... Main event from later ninety five, yeah. yeah, and that's where Diesel turns on Brett, and yeah, and I was just gonna bring that up. That's the other thing that's cool about that match is Diesel turns heel, and he becomes the first official tweener ever. Is that the? Would you say it's the official, first official official tweener where he specifically said as a character, he's like, I don't care if you boo me or cheer me, <clears throat> yeah, you know that type of thing. I guess that's fair. Yeah, that, so that's kind of historic, too. Yeah. I mean, there were tweeners, technically, the way we think of them now, yes, but he was like... I mean, like, I felt like he was more healed, just because he like, he had, like a, he had no reason to be upset. It's not like Brett cheated. I believe he just did a small package or something well, to win. Yeah, because Brett faked him out, remember, and he kept collapsing when Diesel tried to powerbomb. So he like he didn't cheat. He just outsmarted him. Right, but that's not cheat. cheating. No, it's not. Yeah, so 
I just, you know, to me, that's a great little Survivor Series match. It is, in the midst of a very dumpy card. I don't remember it being any good. Something I, with I probably, Goldust. <laughs> something with Goldust. Yeah, I can't really remember much on that fake, Survivor Series. Fake Bill Clinton. Oh, God. That, it's real. All that stuff with Backlund running for president. Was that at that point yet? Yes, that yeah. was there. The uh, fire jacket, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow! There was, like, a lot of <laughs> shit like that. You know, it was yeah. just, like, some bad stuff. Just a bad pay-per-view, but a good main event. A very good main event. And Diesel, I believe, powerbombs through the table or something at the end? Does he? No, he doesn't powerbomb him through the table, but he powerbombs him maybe three times. Okay, okay. Brett does take a huge table bump, though. Okay, there is a table bump, right? Yeah. I'm not was, mistaking that. Which this is, by the way, folks, this is way before that became Yeah, no, that wasn't really a thing. That wasn't much of a thing yet. Yeah. So that was a great match. I love that match. Again, I don't usually use star ratings, but it's at least four, mm. four and a quarter. Maybe four and a half. Even. Yeah, it, it's a great it's match. It's an excellent little match, and I just, it, it saves that pay-per-view for me. It does, and it ends the Diesel era, finally. In a good way, too. In a good way, because yeah. Diesel looks good. Yeah, Diesel doesn't look bad. He, has he a, still looks powerful at the yep. end. And he becomes, finally, like an interesting character Oh, again. yeah, it's a shame that he had to leave. Yeah, at, I know. At WrestleMania 12. Because from that point until until he left in May, yeah. he is very good. He's entertaining. He's very entertaining. He has a match with Taker at WrestleMania. A very good match with Undertaker. Yeah. And a very good match with Shawn Michaels in April. Right. At Good Friends, Better Enemies in your house. Right, right. Remember that? Yes. That's also Razor Ramon faces Vader at that pay-per-view, which is not a very good match. <laughs> well, so. Vader's run. Yeah, we'll Vader's go, run. We can go over that another time. I wish it was better. I, I so wish Vader. it was better because I love Vader too. Big Leon, but I, I believe he was hurt or something. But I, don't I think know we've he, said this. Before. I believe he was hurt by people not wanting to book him the right way. <laughs> Vince, what, what's your favorite? What's a favorite of yours at Survivor Series? I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go. One of my favorites is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels for the world title. Now. I don't mean Survivor Series 97. <laughs> I would hope you don't mean. I don't. I'm talking about Survivor Series 1992, folks. Right. And that match is really good. That's a really good wrestling match. And it's a champion versus champion, but not title for title. Not title Only for title. World title on the line. Right. Now, that was the first Survivor Series I ever saw. I didn't see it live. I got into wrestling in 94. It was actually the second VHS tape I ever rented. Well, why wouldn't you? The cover alone, it's Brett and Sean with both their belts around their shoulders. It's awesome to have Brett and yeah. Sean fighting each other on a main event spot on a pay-per-view. I always got a kick out of that they're both champions. So I, I know I brought it up like two times already, but to me, like that was like so the, cool. it's cool. Like, and they both just won their titles recently. Right. Like, that match was promoted in magazines and stuff before either of them had the title. Like, they were just going to fight anyway. Yeah. And it turned into Brett had the world title, Sean had the IC title. Yeah, it and, just kind of happened. And they turned in a hell of a match. A fantastic It's match. a really, really good Survivor Series main event, I guess. Right. That and the other good match on that card, it is very good. Would you say the tag match? Brett, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Randy Savage and Kurt Hennig. Yeah. Versus um, Rick Flair, Flair and Razor Ramon. Yeah. Razor Ramon's the weak link, obviously. We talked about heel It Razor always was a weird sucked. tag team to me. Razor Ramon being there, yeah. Yeah. Very odd. Very odd. And he was not good as a heel, that initial run. No, not at all. He was great as a face. And he has that terrible match at Royal Rumble 93. With Brett, yeah. <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it. So, But no, the Brett and Shawn match, I remember as a kid. Yeah, I didn't know who won and lost back then because I just started watching wrestling. So I'm watching right. this tape yeah. in 94. It's only like a couple of years old. 
I didn't have the internet, you know? Yeah. I didn't know who won. And I just remember thinking how awesome it was because I knew who they both were already from modern wrestling at the time right. in 94. So I remember watching that match, and it was it's long. It's like 25, 27 yeah. minutes. The only thing I would say that's stupid about it, if I recall, is that, is that the one where Brad has Santa Claus at the end, and like there's like fake snow over the screen? Yeah. <laughs> they did the same shit with Luger the next year, too. Oh, my God. What the... Why would you do that? And then Brett's got the Santa hat on, too. Do you remember that? <laughs> and he has a candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. But it's a great match. Yeah, it's a great match, and then that. But, and it just showed, though... And then that... he gives presents to the kids, too, <laughs> if I recall. It just shows that those two could hang on the big stage. You know, yeah, close out a show. It's really early for them to be doing that. It is. 92. I mean, yeah. this isn't 95 we're talking about. This is 92. Yeah. The same year that Hulk Hogan had been there. Correct. You know, Ric Flair was world champion that yeah, year. Yeah, the year Ric Flair won the Royal Rumble. Randy Savage had been the world champion. Ultimate Warrior was still there that year. I would say it's interesting because that year is probably the best year where they had all those old-timers in one place at one time. And then it's interesting that they end the year main eventing the two guys that would like be their headliners for their next era. Yeah, I totally agree because you had... Your Jake Roberts was still there when 92 started. Roddy Piper. Right. You know, a lot of those guys. Hogan, DiBiase, Flair. Right. Ultimate Warrior was there for a bit in 92. And then, end of the year, you know, you got Undertaker. Right. Yokozuna, who, you know, say what you want about him as a worker, but he was a big part of that does era. Does he fight Virgil at Survivor Series that year? <laughs> he does. Yeah. Good call, Quinn. Yeah, he fights Virgil. Kills him. I just remember that because I feel like Virgil was in weird tights or Yoko was in weird tights. Yoko had the white and the black. The white on? Okay, yeah. White and black, yeah. Also Virgil. What? Virgil. I liked Virgil as yeah, a kid. Yeah, but late 92, Virgil. Yeah, I know. You know he was there until mid-94, right? Whew. Yeah. Um, he's in the Rumble 94. So... That's one of the matches. You got any other ones? Um, I do like the Austin versus Brett at uh, Survivor Series 96. Six, yeah. yeah. Now, noticing a common theme here, Bret Hart had some good Survivor Series no, matches. Bret Hart, I, you know, looking back, I would say Bret Hart is like a top Survivor Series guy. Yeah, he delivered in those singles matches he was in. I mean, the Backlund one is probably not all his fault. Right. And it was also probably booked to be a long, old-school-style match. It was always the time of the year where Brett was, like, ramping up. He was. I mean, he's great at Survivor Series. Yeah, he's fantastic. At 91, he's good in, the, in his in his uh, elimination match. In 90, he's good. Yeah. 89, he's good. He's just good at Survivor Series. He's always good at Survivor Series. I'd yeah. say he's, like, the Survivor Series MVP. He saved 93. We'll get to that in a, in later on, but right. we'll get to 93 later, because I got some things to say. Yeah. But, um... Brett Austin from November of 96. This ties in nicely to what we were saying recently about how Austin at the end of 96 was one of the funniest, best things. Yeah, I mean, this was a great feud between the two, I think. And this was the beginning. This was only the beginning. And you're in MSG. MSG, yeah. And it's just a freaking awesome match between the two. It's physical, if I recall. It's very physical. It's very old school because Austin was still, it's pre-neck injury, you know. Right. He would still do his old stunning Steve Austin technical wrestling stuff. Right. Even, even though he was well, the rattlesnake. Well, it was also before he got hurt. That's right? what I'm saying, pre-neck yeah. injury. Yeah. So he so was he was just amazing. He was a great wrestler, just but a, he could brawl. Yeah. Just a fantastic match. You, t- you feel like they hate each other. Yeah, it's just beautifully sold. Brett, I think, did everything he could do to make Austin look like a real star. Yeah, and it's no wonder that when what their original plan for 13 didn't work out, that they went to that at WrestleMania. Yeah. 
because that was like amazing. It was well done. That match is awesome. They they pulled the old uh, Bret Hart Roddy Piper finish out. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Him in the yes. Million Dollar Dream. Yep. And uh, Bret does the the backflip off the turnbuckle and pins him. He didn't him. really use the Million Dollar Dream anymore after that till no. WrestleMania 17, which was a great callback at 17. Yeah, by I love the way, that. I love that. That was awesome. That was probably his own yeah. idea. I bet. So that that's one of the best matches that I've I've seen at the Survivor Series in terms of wrestling quality. Well, I would say so. Yeah, I would think so. I mean. I think that match is actually even better than the Brett Diesel match from the year before. Uh, yeah, you know what? Probably. Honestly. Do you think that's the best Survivor Series match In ever? terms, if like Dave Meltzer's rating it or some shit? Yeah. The star rating? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not counting like nowadays work rates better. So I'm sure there was some match at a Survivor Series like recently that was Maybe. technically on a technical level better in a homogenized cookie cutter this right is, this but, is awesome that kind of way maybe i think you're being mean but no I, my point is is on a like an actual technical wrestling level there might have been a match better after but in, in retro sense like if we're talking wwe in the 90s definitely retro sense see this should have been this podcast should have been called retro sense with joe and retro sense <laughs> that's a good name you know what they call old pennies Retro sense. Do they really? No. <laughs> Is that a true story, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daredevil, a true story? Well, I never look at old pennies. <laughs> yeah, so, you do. Well, you throw them out. Yeah, throw them out. <laughs> throw them out in the give garbage. A, give a penny, take a penny. Yeah, just take them all and throw them in the garbage. <laughs> but what do you say? Would you, I w- would you say that that's the best Survivor Series match you've ever seen? Yes. In terms okay. of, you know, star rating, yeah. I guess, yes. Snowflakes, as they yeah. call them. Snowflakes. Uh, yes, I would. But it's, and it's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, it is eclipsed, not at Survivor Series, by their WrestleMania 13 match, of course. I Definitely. But uh, what I love about it, Quinn, is it's a totally different kind of match. Right. The Survivor Series one is like, that's a wrestling match. It's a wrestling match. I think there's some stuff on the outside. There is, but yeah. it's not a hardcore match. Bloody, but I, I even think the story of the match is Austin's trying to go wrestler to wrestler with him, and he can't beat him. He can't beat him. He, he comes, can't beat him at that level. He comes damn close. Right. And it's like, Brett shows the vulnerability. Right. He comes so close to beating him, but he can't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really a great story. You know what's awesome at that pay-per-view, too? Same Survivor Series. <laughs> Sean versus Sid. Yes, I loved it Sean, as a kid. I'm a biggest Sean fan. Yes, I know. If he was going to lose it, that was the place to lose it because they didn't like him there, first oh, of all. Oh, God. No yeah. one in MSG was rooting for Sean. And I think overall, even though Sid, like, if I recall, there, there's not something with Jose Lothario <laughs> getting knocked off because he's like a piece of paper. He hits him with an apparatus known as the camera, a right? television camera. Yes. yes he, he, but it's like he yanks the camera, but like the back of the camera hits Jose Lothario. And he has Lothario. a heart attack. <laughs> and he I, dies or something because <laughs> it's Jose Lothario. Like I had Your said, favorite. I feel like in the first episode I mentioned this or I something. I think you yeah. did. <laughs> uh, you how just... Jose Lothario is just the worst thing ever. Yes. <laughs> and you see how this goes. You see how this goes. My favorite. And guess what happens to him? <laughs> the guy that. That was there for for him at, at that whole event with the dumb point that I didn't like <laughs> is the one that ends up costing him the title. Are you, like, ridiculous? And MSG loves it. Vladimir, the super fans, all happy. Yeah, I, I think all the regulars are there at that Everyone's survival. there. And isn't in straw hat guy's probably there probably or something. probably was. And, like, Grateful Dead guy and, yeah. like, all the, all the normals. Yeah, and it was the best thing because I... 
as much as I had previously liked Shawn Michaels, once he beat Brett at WrestleMania, I briefly jumped on the Shawn Michaels bandwagon, and I was like, all right, yeah, I mean, I'll deal with it. Yeah, he danced with kids just like us. But he, <laughs> he got so obnoxiously annoying throughout 1996. But he wasn't a heel yet, which was weird. No, but it was just like with his stupid outfits and his dancing routine and the, his they camera. Tried, you know what I click cam. You know what I equate it to? Is they tried to apply... Hernia. No, no, no. They tried to apply the same things they did to Big Daddy Cool. Big Daddy Cool. Big Daddy Cool to make him like... Jim Ross. Yeah. Big Daddy Cool to make him... Big Daddy Cool. No, but... A swimming pool. <laughs> but to make him like more like family-friendly yeah. or kid-friendly. Because that worked with Diesel so right, well. Right, but Sean was the last time they tried that again. And that wasn't his fault. You could tell that that was a... Okay, pal, you're a big. You're like the face of the company. You have to be like kid friendly and like and do playgirl. What was that about, by the way? I think I seriously think what he says about not knowing what that was is is like a half truth to a to a certain effect. I think that Vince didn't know what that was. Sexual preference aside. If you're trying to project a family-friendly champion, don't have him pose naked <laughs> with the championship belt covering his little heartbreak kid. Okay, but there's also a lot of a lot of mixed messages going on in 96. In the earlier part, they try to make him the kid-friendly kind, and that's kind of how the company's going. It's like, okay, well, Diesel didn't work. Let's make Sean the new, like that, right? Yeah. But then in the late 96, by the time you get to Survivor Series, and probably that Playgirl stuff was closer to them than it was in the beginning, wasn't it? Playgirl stuff, he was the champion. It was the middle. Yeah, it was sometime in the middle of 96. Which is around the same time when Pillman's got a gun. No, we're trying later. to be risque. I'm saying they tried. They were starting, like, they're, they're here and there with the edginess. That's all. I'm, 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 just, I'm just trying to rationalize what the hell was going on here. Because that's not it's a that's such a weird mixed messages thing. Playgirl probably came to Vince and Vince jumped on it because in ninety six he would probably take any kind of PR. He'd take any kind and he he was just starting the whole like more edgier, yeah, edgier. like we mentioned. Like if I recall, even in earlier ninety six they started doing like photo shoots with Sonny that were kind of like weird. a little risque for yeah, the time. A little yeah. risque for like WWF and like Raw magazine came out. So, like, I could see why that happened. But that aside... Understood. That aside, I can understand why you didn't like him going into that. He just became annoying after a few months. Right. And they hadn't they hadn't built up the heel character that would be great to face Brett by the next Survivor Series. Yeah. His late 96... After Survivor Series, he becomes an asshole again. Right. It's Even great. though he's kind of a face. He still I becomes agree. a dick. Yeah. And he stays that way pretty much until he he left. And that Sid run coming out of that is I love. really good a really good title run. I love believe it or Sid's not. Yeah, it's, run there. I at the time I hated it, but I look back on it kind of like fondly, like, wow, this wasn't that this was pretty fun actually. See, I didn't see Survivor Series ninety six, but the next day when I heard that Sid won the title, I could not have been happier. Really? I was more yeah. I, I had a more obviously because Sean was my favorite. But I had a more stunned reaction because I, oh, I was surprised. Yeah, I remember I didn't get to see that either. I I think I rented the tape pretty close to like when it came out or something because I remember somehow watching it. Coliseum like, video. Yeah. Did like, you get your free gift? <laughs> did you ever get the free gift? By I never the way? got the free gift. I did one time at Spotswood Video. I got WWF Pogs 
for renting Rumble 95. Oh, you didn't get the, the on-the-door hangers? I did, but I bought that from Coliseum Video. It came with my King of the Ring 94 Only tape. you would buy that from Coliseum. <laughs> when it was dire times. It did was you before find it on eBay. eBay? No, it was before eBay. Oh, you actually... How did you I contact... I bought it from the catalog. Oh, the rest WWF catalog? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they sold stuff for They that. did. Okay. They used to sell it out of their stupid warehouse in Fairfield, New Jersey, 07007. Right. Right. And then I would get the tapes in the mail. I bought a couple. That and WrestleMania 8, I think I bought from mm. Coliseum Video directly. Were they selling it that far? Yeah. Huh. I got King of the Ring 94 and WrestleMania 8. I bought them in 96. That reminds me, actually. Yeah, I did buy stuff from the catalog back then. Did you get your Shawn Michaels gloves? I got the gloves from there. I got the Intercontinental fake belt or whatever. See, you were smart because I got the world title and it looked nothing like they, the that, world title. I didn't get it because it didn't look like the world title. The IC one looked great. And then somebody gave me it as a gift, but it was like... The world? The world, but it, it looks was... like shit. But, okay, this is weird. Somebody what? gave me a white one. What? Yeah. Oh, I think that came out... I don't know how... I, I, somebody just gave it to that me. That came out, though, I think earlier... Yeah, it was. It had a white like it was the same. It was a white belt though, right? It was the, the same belt strap? that didn't look like it, but it was like white. it was white strap. Yeah, that came out earlier, I think. And the Intercontinental belt one was brown. Right. Yeah, it was. And which... I like that. I love that thing. Now, did you had the red Shawn Michaels gloves? I had right? the red gloves. Did you have the hat? No, I only had the gloves. I had the hat. Oh, you had the hat. I thought the gloves were cooler. You know where I got the hat? What MSG. Oh, you went to the, what is that, the Christmas show or something? I saw, no, I saw a September show. I saw a January of 96 show, which was okay. I saw the worst fucking show ever in September 96. Alex the Pug Porto and all those shitheads were involved. So you saw the kind of uh, trash that I saw when I went to see WWF back then. It was terrible, but I did get my Shawn Michaels hat. Yeah. And um, I had the diesel gloves, I'm embarrassed to say, in 95. They were probably cooler. They were black. They were the same thing as the Shawn ones, but they were black. I hated how they said they were signed. That was like part of the kid tricking you thing. You fell for it. Yeah. Quinn they, fell for everything, folks. Well, you know, I was a big mark back then. <laughs> you were. But I mean, the last thing I was just going to say, the other thing I got from the, the, the Coliseum store definitely was uh, I got that WrestleMania tape set, the box set. I love that set, Quinn. It's so good. You used to borrow my tapes because they were the actual pay-per-view broadcast in a time Dude, when yeah. they didn't release that. I don't know who ripped these from the Masters in this hacky studio in New Jersey, <laughs> Yeah, but some some no one gave a shit because there would be like blatant cuts during the intermission it was awesome it also has the technical difficulty in wrestlemania 3 where andre sounds like he's audibly <sighs> farting yeah like there's like some audio problem like it, that is so good i love that set. they're just raw rips of it's the paper ep it's in, like the worst video quality yeah. it's just like some fucking intern sat there and was like i have to transfer but they the had the special today. marble looking box the boxes look cool i still yeah. have that tape set it has wrestlemania's one through 13 yeah i love that collection i copied i mean of course i i legally purchased well, they were only available <laughs> for a limited time i know i copied so many of your events from there yeah. because Coliseum Video would cut so much shit out. Yeah, and this clip had up everything. The matches. Remember, it had the entire version of DiBiase versus Jake on it, right. which that wasn't really available. Your WrestleMania six and seven, I ripped because it was so much better than the Coliseum Video yeah. versions. And it's you once you watch those, you can't go yeah, back. Exactly. And I remember I lent it to you because I think 
I feel like you discovered it because you watched one of them and you like because you needed it or something, and then you realized from watching one of them that none of them were like edited at all. Yeah, and I like shit my pants. And then you started borrowing for them from me like every week. Quinn and I used to do a lot of tape trading. We literally, were tape traders back in the day in high school. We went to high school together, folks. And that's actually, why I watched a lot of Survivor series too. Yeah, just to get back on topic. Right. But, Good call. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you're still surviving, I'm very happy for you. But we're going to be back right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. From the pages of the World Wrestling Federation official merchandise catalog, here's Dusty Rhodes. Whoa, this is Dusty Rhodes, and you know I got my hand full in the World Wrestling Federation. And full of what? Come in here, darling. We're going to show him some stuff. I got the official WWF merchandising catalog stuff right here. You can order it out of that catalog. I'm going to tell you in a minute how to get it. Look at here. We got a WWF hat right here. Look how fine that looks on Dusty Rhodes and McAdoo. What else we got? Woo, Sapphire. Come on in here, baby. We got an Ultimate Warrior Suck Cup. And you can take this cup, put milk in it, juicy, whatever you want to do. What else we got? Oh, look at here. Oh, a belt. You can be a champion. Everybody can be a champion. Just like all the great stars in the World Wrestling Federation. And what else, darling, right here? Oh, show that. That's my favorite. Hold that up there. Dusty Rose official t-shirt. Throw that up there in the camera. Oh, is that pretty? And let me tell you, merchandise catalog got all kind of stuff in it. You know what I'm talking about? And it's the stuff dreams are made of. I have to go now. Bye-bye, old chap. Hey, welcome back. This is our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast, isn't it, Quinn? It is. This is our special Survivor Series edition. Long edition, too. Nine minutes. We're we're lucky to get this airtime. It's air like time. prime time. It really is. Uh, so Survivor Series is a few days away, folks. The big encounter, of course, is Brock Lesnar against who, Quinn? Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg, the guy that ended Bret Hart's As career. As I know, Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. William Goldberg. William P. Goldberg. <laughs> P. Goldberg. That's not real. So we thought we'd take a few minutes here and reflect on our thoughts on Bill Goldberg, Mr. Goldberg, if you yes. will. Yes. B. Goldberg. Quinn, Goldberg debuted against Hugh Morris in September of 1997 on Nitro. Though I always dispute that because I remember something happening on Saturday night facing jobbers or it's something. It's not true. But anyway... Um, yeah, he debuted, and I always thought Goldberg's debut is one of the more interesting debuts. I will agree to that. Um, he comes in, and he comes in against Hugh Morris in what you think is a squash match. Yeah, I mean, it normally would have been. He has no music. He's no, he's already, already in the ring. In the ring. Mm-hmm. He looks like a guy in just black tights yeah. with, with, you know, short boots. He, he looks like Goldberg, but... You have to remember, guys had, like, all these stupid fancy tights back then if they were to anybody. Yeah, like Hugh Morris. Like, Austin was really the only one rocking the black tights back then. Yeah, I wonder if that was on purpose or not, that they had Goldberg in the black tights. I don't know. I always felt, they, to be fair to them, I thought they were looking for a more UFC, real-looking fighter kind of vibe. But I think you're right, but, to an um, extent, yeah. But in WCW, there was no Stone Cold. There was no guy in black tights. Everyone was a gimmick, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the NWO black and white, but again, more fancy, whatever. The point is, is that you didn't think this guy was anything. No, we had you no thought, idea. I thought he was a jobber. Yeah, no idea what we were seeing. And he goes ahead and he beats Hugh Morris. Yeah. And you're like... With the jackhammer. Yeah, with the jackhammer, which is, doesn't have a name yet, I don't think. I don't believe so, no. And this proceeds to start a streak. A streak that would not end until December of 1998 at, believe it or not, Starcade against Kevin Nash. But let's go over the streak before. Exactly. Like, he proceeded to beat 
anybody who was anybody in WCW, and not even that he would squash jobbers. It was exciting. It was exciting, and it was during a period of time, the streak started in September of 97 when WCW was on top. Right. And it extended through during the absolute most competitive part of the Monday Night Wars in 98. Yeah, and this was one of the best characters they built. Because he was just, he was kind of doing his thing, not even involved against the NWO, nothing. He no. Went, it was just Goldberg gums out, beats the shit out of someone, leaves, and that's it. And it could have been anybody. It could have been Raven. Yeah, which it eventually was, and that was the U.S. title when he won the U.S. title. April of 98. It could yeah. have been Perry Saturn. It could have been William Regal. Or it could have been Fred Burks yeah, or Fred, whatever, you know. Fred Mertz. Yeah, it, it could have been, you know, just some guy. That was the cool Red thing Fox. about Goldberg, too, is that his streak would continue on Saturday night or pro or whatever. He was on everything. Yep, and of course it culminated in July of 1998, and I know Quinn has a very special place in his heart for this match, against Hollywood Hogan. Yes. So Goldberg, I believe, was... I want to say 160-something at this point. 170, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. And let's just set the stage a little bit. I remember the thunder before this that J.J. Dillon announces, and he comes out, and you're hoping it is what he says. I remember there was some allusion to it. There but was. Like, nobody really knew. They were like, oh, is it too early or whatever? And... um he comes out and he says, you know, the championship committee has decided that Hulk Hogan will have to defend the title against the number one contender. He, he does all the prefacing just to m- make it more hype. Goldberg on Monday Nitro the and the whole place like loses their shit. It's one of the best WCW pops, just the announcement. Right. And if I recall correctly, somehow or other, Hogan tried to pull some chicanery where Goldberg had to beat another member of the NWO earlier in the show, which I he think made, was Scott Hall. He made some case that Goldberg would have to defend the United States title. Against Scott Hall, I think yeah, it was. And, and, yeah, exactly. And really what it was is to soften him up, but the legitimate case that Hogan was making, or somebody in the storyline made it that he still has another title, he's got to defend that title. Yeah. So he's got to fight Scott Hall, because Scott Hall's the number one contender for the U.S. Uh, something yeah, something like, like Some that. nonsense like that. So he beat Hall, of course. He beats Hall. And if I recall, there's some cheating in that one, too, but Goldberg overcomes the odds. As always. Yeah. Which, actually, not as always, if you ask me, because Goldberg wasn't really involved in storyline stuff where, like, people would interfere a lot. There was the flock, briefly, but... I just meant that he won. Yeah, I'm just saying the majority of the time, Goldberg... he just won. Yeah, Goldberg would just beat the shit out of people. Five minutes or less, he would win. Yeah. He had... Um, a very good match. It's after this Hogan match, but one of his most competitive matches ever, I'll just touch upon briefly and we'll go back to Hogan, was against DDP at Halloween Havoc 98. Yes. Which I remember was hotly anticipated, but we'll go back to the Hogan. Yeah, yeah. and let, let's just get to Hogan first. So the what I fondly remember about this is for whatever reason, I was, how old would I be in? 12. 12 or something. I don't know why there was something going on at school or something like that. Not in July there wasn't. Maybe it was camp. Maybe Probably we, camp. Okay, we had to, we had to, there was a trip or, I don't know what the hell it was. My my mom was very insistent that I had to go to bed. Right, which would be atypical for you in the summer. Like, you yeah. wouldn't normally have to right. do that. Yeah, there was some reason or other I needed to, I needed to get up early the next day, right? right? And so I remember that, um, I think it was my mom's boyfriend, 
Rich. Uh, he had he kind of campaigned for me to be able to watch this match, so it was a very like sentimental because I was like, I can't miss Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan. Like right. this is ridiculous. Right. Like, and so we watched the match, and there's other. First of all, it was like in the Georgia Dome, if I recall. Yeah, I think so. There was so. like 60,000 people on a Nitro. No. Or 50. It was a lot. Maybe 40. Maybe Still, 40. even 40,000 for a regular Nitro is a lot of people, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Sure. It was a huge arena, and I know there's blunders involved in all that, that they should have done that at a pay-per-view, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and we won't get to all that. This we is won't about get Goldberg. to all that, but it was a great moment in time. Let's put it that way. Agreed. Um, and another another fond memory I have of that is Hogan comes out. And he goes, Goldberg, I'm going to kick your butt. He does. Yes. I love when he does that. The delay, Very the 80s. noticeable, he can't cur- He realizes he can't curse because he's Hulk Hogan, even though he's a heel. It's very 80s, too, to it's, say butt. Yeah. So he comes out and, you know, Goldberg, uh, I believe he, some other NWO guys like Kurt Hennig or something try to interfere in the match. Yeah, Goldberg, Kurt Hennig, definitely. And um, I think Dennis Rodman, not Dennis Rodman, uh, Carl Malone and DDP come out. They do? For the save to get rid of. And they do, because remember that's happening? Yeah, that's happening. Jay Leno or Jay something. Jay Leno, yeah. So that's happening soon. Yeah, you know, in the wrestle in the match. Yeah, so they, they make the save and make the match legit. Like, it doesn't yeah. interfere with the match. Right, like the match still is fu- legit. It's clean. Yeah, like, they just prevent it. Mm-hmm. And then Goldberg hits the spear, jackhammer, win, and it's, like, the greatest thing ever. Yep. Like, remember that? It is. No, d- totally. I, I really thought that would be moment. the end of the Hogan era. Yeah, I hoped it would be. Right. He came back right around, though, in 99, with finger poke of doom. Yes, and... I mean, ruined our lives but for if the you next wanna, few if, years. Do you, did you want to touch more upon the um, Goldberg run? The Goldberg run with DDP and yeah, all that? Yeah, because now Goldberg has the world title in July 98. And again, we're not going to get too much into how they booked him because they could have done a better job, honestly, booking him as the world champion. Yeah, and I uh, part of that was he was still green. I, did, I he think was still they, green. They were working around that. I wouldn't call, blame it all on WCW. No, I wouldn't either, but they could have booked him better. I mean, it rode wild. That year, which was August, the world champion Goldberg fought like the giant. Meanwhile, the main event was Hulk Hogan and fucking Jay Leno. Yeah. Against Eric Bischoff. But there had uh, been months of previous hype for that. Whoever. The Goldberg thing was supposed to be understood as like, even in kayfabe, like that this was like an anomaly. It came along like this guy was on the streak. And yeah, they even they, they I feel like. I remember J.J. Dillon before, like, alluding to, like, we have to give him the match because he's undefeated. Like, right. Like, that was the story. Yeah. So, so the the way they booked him for a little bit wasn't too good, but they really built up this Goldberg-DDP match okay. at yeah. Halloween Havoc 98 to the point where I, and I was still watching WCW in 98 because it was still, th- this is a point where it wasn't really clear if WWF was going to finally beat down no. WCW, it was still very almost, much back and forth. I in would 98. say it almost felt that like that it would just go on like this forever. Like yeah. that it was like these two would just be putting on awesome shows and right. competing every week. And it lasted maybe until the beginning of 99. And then it was clear. All right. right WCW is going downhill. I think some people like to cut off WCW when they like were crappy. Oh, they tried to make it a little earlier. But honestly, most of 98 was fine. 98 was great for that yeah. was that as much as I have a huge dislike for 97 right I love 98 WCW Yeah because Goldberg's in the mix Goldberg's in the mix but not only that you've got that 
freaking awesome WCW TV title situation with That's Booker true. T, with Fit Finley, with Rick Martel, with Lord Voldemort. Yeah. You know, it's just a great deal going on. You got DDP, you got the Wolfpack, right. you got a lot of good stuff. So 98, I love 98 WCW. I just don't like 97. Anyway, the thing is about this whole run that Goldberg had in 98 is it wasn't the only thing they had going on. That's why it was so right. cool. It was like you had everything that I just mentioned going on in yeah, 98. Yeah, like the, the mid-card like you're talking right. about was just good. Plus Goldberg on top of it right. all. So it was like a really cool situation. So the whole DDP Goldberg thing from Halloween Havoc, it was just like a culmination right, right. of the Goldberg run and DDP's awesome rise that he had had. Yeah. So I really liked that match. You know, obviously Goldberg won. Yeah, and DDP was still hot then too. And and to the point where it was DDP might be able to beat Goldberg. Exactly. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like it's you, People think of stalker DDP in WWF yeah, or something, ugh. but like, no, he was like in the top of his game. Like, yeah, it, it was like DDP was a legitimate threat. Right, that he, was like the first real threat that Goldberg because people really, really had. thought the diamond cutter was such a hot finish that if he hit the diamond cutter on Goldberg that at any time, it. that could have been the end Goodbye. of the. And <laughs> that was the other thing about Goldberg's run as the world champion; mm-hmm. he was still undefeated, so the streak was added levity to every single match. That's right; it, the streak was on the line every time he defended the title. Right, and of course, he lost it to Kevin Nash. Yes, and that's the downer for Goldberg is that he gets in he. You know what? It's not his fault. That's not his fault. Of course no, not. But he's in the mix of cattle that, prod. The cattle prod. But my point is, is that a lot of that was the result of booking problems in the back and the, the start. The start of the downfall of WCW. It was, and I, you know, I'm gonna unfortunately admit this. At the time, 13 years old, I was rooting for Kevin Nash. But did you really know what was going on? No. Like, it wasn't apparent from no. my understanding at the time. I didn't have, I had no idea Kevin Nash was booking. And even even so. He claims he didn't book that. Right. That's bullshit. Well, if he wasn't, fine. Looking back, I would never have had the streak end there at Starcade. That well, really. okay. Here's the thing. Or had I, Nash do it. As far as where, it's, it is Starcade. Yeah, but still. That's supposed to be the WrestleMania. I know that, but even so, Kevin Nash at Starcade. I know it's Kevin Nash, and he's just not of the caliber that should go down and beat Goldberg. But at the same time, um, you know, I I am only just agreeing with you on the place. I think that it was a horrible thing to do. I've heard people like I I want to say it was like either Kevin Sullivan or somebody on one of those WCW like downfall DVDs or whatever. <laughs> or maybe it was Jim Cornette. I don't know. Maybe it was something some wherever I heard it it was somebody made the good point that it's like I knew the company was over when they booked Goldberg to lose. It was a bad it, idea because he was still in the middle of a very hot point. Yeah, I agree. They never even got a Hogan rematch out of the undefeated Goldberg right. World Champion it, it, there deal. There was a lot of unfinished business. There was, and they really and when he came back, better. when he, I feel like he wasn't as big for like a minute after that, like or he was gone or something. And like, his whole ninety nine sucked. Yeah, his ninety nine wasn't good. And he, then didn't he turn heel at some point? I he did. He punched a window and got hurt or something. Yeah, but that was something else. He turned heel at some point in uh, WCW. Did he? He did. I don't really, you know, that's the thing about Goldberg is after that cattle prod incident, it's really hard to remember what he did. Because he didn't do anything notable. 
and you know, he came to WWE after that. Which sucked a giant big one. It was I feel like it was halfway good and halfway bad because I feel like when he came, if I recall, it was it was actually exciting. Was it? Because he wasn't old yet. He wasn't like no. He wasn't over the hill. He was fine. So you thought, okay, now we're gonna get some Goldberg like booked properly and like this is gonna be good. And he won the world title when he came in. The world, not the WWE title. Yeah, but that was the title they were propositioning. I as never the... gave a shit about that title. When it was on Raw, it was good. Yeah. I and I don't think you really watched uh, when it was on Raw, but uh, <laughs> my, I do... po- my point is, is they made him the Raw World Champion. Let's put it that way, which was a big deal. And he beat the Rock. Yes, you know, beat three. the Rock. Yeah, that's where the Rock called him a whisker biscuit, bald headed <laughs> bitch or something on one of his cocaine promos. Well, you know, was that Hollywood Rock at that point? It was. Yeah, that yeah. was Hollywood Rock. Okay, that wasn't. Yeah, that was just whatever. The thing though is that Goldberg's WWE run, in typical WWE fuck it up fashion, sucked. Yeah, I mean, and that's the point. That's one of the first marker points when WWE started really dropping the ball. Yeah. Um. Was the Goldberg? Yeah, and, and the it, way he goes out is just terrible against him against, against Brock. Which yeah, is, which leads ironic? us kind of back to where we were, where we're starting here is that which I'm not going to comment on this match. We'll that see is how it is. Up. I, I it's going to suck. I don't have a lot of expectations, but you know maybe it'll be okay. It might <laughs> be okay. I don't think I don't think Brock's losing, but I don't I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be too terrible, but it would. Whatever. Let's not get too deep into that. But we're not going to but, because I'm not in the mood to yell right. that much. But the, but the way it ended, he's is, fifty. The way it ended is that Five it was zero. on Brock and um, Goldberg. And at Goldberg won. He won the first one, so you know Brock's winning. That. What do you mean he won it? That match was bullshit. He still won the match. Yeah, he won the match. But I mean, like that match, none of them, both of them, didn't care, and there was like Austin doing shenanigans the whole time. Like it was silly. Yeah, I know. It's MSG being like, yeah, we fuck this. Yeah, everyone was booing it, so whatever. Whatever. I mean, I wouldn't really take the result of that match with any legitimacy because like I felt like that match was a mess and I didn't really care. I know, but Goldberg was still booked to win, obviously. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, that's fine. I, I, I feel like even in Kayfabe they don't really give a shit about the result of that. They, even when they talk about it retrospectively they they're like they're like, yeah, that happened. It's it's not really count it doesn't really count. Like, it's kind of a black mark on yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, it's just like we'll just just forget about that. So that and the winner of the main event. And Forget think, about that too. Yeah, and I think that's Goldberg in a nutshell. It like, is, and not not, and I don't want to say anything bad. I don't think he was. I really think I'm not anti Goldberg. Yeah, all. I'm not anti Goldberg. I think his run ended bad, but he had. There was a time when he was. I thought he was like the future. Really, I mean, he was that hot, and he was must see TV. He was absolutely must see TV during a a year 1998. Where it could have gone either way. Could have gone either way. WWE was good. WCW was good. The baseball was good. (laughs) Music was good. Yeah. The Yankees won 114 games. Yes, they did. It was a great year for all-around entertainment. Right. And Goldberg was a part of that. And Goldberg was a part of that. So we're going to move on now to, I guess, again, a loose segment here to wrap up the show. Just some crap that sucked at Survivor Series. (laughs) And um, I'm going to start with one here. Okay, go ahead. In 1993, Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler were in a very good feud yeah. that started at King of the Ring. And I say a very good feud 
because it led to an awesome angle at SummerSlam 93 where Brett and Jerry Lawler were supposed to wrestle for the King of the Ring title, basically. Was because, that what it was supposed to be? Yeah, it was, because like Brett won it, and but King attacked him, remember? Because right. he's okay. like, I'm the only real king! See, I never know what's supposed to happen because of exactly what happens here. It, yeah, I know. <laughs> so what was really cool in the SummerSlam match was... Brett comes out, and then King comes out on crutches, goes in on this hilarious rant about why he he's injured and can't wrestle. I won't spoil <laughs> it. It's really funny, though. Yeah. And so Doink, Matt Bourne Doink, comes out and wrestles Brett for a while. Great match. Brett wins. Lawler, of course, isn't injured. Attacks Brett with his crutches. So Lawler and Brett fight. Brett wins, but holds on to the sharpshooter for like three minutes. And so I feel the- like that's not the first, that wasn't the last time Brett would do that to King. No, it wasn't. So the decision's reversed, and King walks away as the king of the ring, right? So fast forward to November. All this hype is in place for King's still making fun of Brett and his whole family, right? When did he ever not until he was healed? Yeah, Yeah. until 97. So Brett assembles an all-star team, I'm being facetious, of Brett, his brother Owen, who is good. Yeah. But he wasn't Owen Hart yet. He was just Owen Hart the jobber. Yeah, he was the rocket. In retrospect, it sounds good, but he wasn't anybody yet. No, but he had fluffy hair and looked stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're already hinting at the, certain things with that. Yeah. But let, let's... And of course, Keith and Bruce Hart. Who? <laughs> you know, like, who the hell are those people, right? As Johnny Polo would say. So, it's yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be against Jerry Lawler and his knights. Very exciting, right? Well, of course, a couple of weeks before Survivor Series, Jerry Lawler has rape accusations against him. So they Was that what happened? It was. Huh. So they trot out Shawn Michaels out of nowhere to pick up the pieces of this feud. Right. So it becomes Shawn Michaels and his knights. And his knights. And Ray Combs. And Ray Combs. Well, I'll, I'll get to him. <laughs> so you got Shawn Michaels and his knights. Who the hell are the knights? They weren't promoted. We didn't know who they were. I don't know who they are. I feel like one of them is Greg Valentine. The Blue Knight is Greg Valentine. What are the rest of them? The Red Knight is Iron Mike Barry Sh- Horowitz. Is Iron Mike Sharp one of them? I wish. I like Iron Mike Sharp. <laughs> what jobber is the last one? Jeff Gaylord from USWA. Who? Yeah, there was a rumor it was Glenn Jacobs. It's clearly not if you just look at the guy. it's So is he like from like Meet the Parents? Jeff Gaylord? Yes. I have, <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> so anyway... Shawn Michaels carries the balls out of this match, him and Brett. You yes, know? they do. Who the hell wants to see Keith Hart Rari, wrestle Barry Horowitz? That's essentially what you're seeing. Now, which one's the fireman, Keith? <laughs> I don't Who cares? I just, I always found that funny that they keep making Even Shawn remarks on it in his promo. It's like, he's a fireman. What's he going to do to me? The, <laughs> and the other guy's a substitute school teacher. Yeah, he's a substitute um, such a school teacher. That. The funny part is they have him cut his promo without the knights. Yeah, I know because so they're whatever. so shitty. Yeah, like no one gives a crap yeah, about the knights. Yeah, it's Sean by himself with the fake intercontinental or the real intercontinental. But it's really the fake. Big. Yeah, because he's not. Fake. Yeah, and then he got Ray Combs on commentary saying inane shit like he weenie slapped him. <laughs> he weenie slapped. <laughs> yeah, he weenie slapped him, gorilla. Oh, Bobby, you know they're gonna remake a movie with you, and you're on America's Most Unwanted. I, I actually recently rewatched this. He's making like really horrible jokes at the beginning. Yes, and then like the crowd is like kind of about to turn on him and he remarks like let me get through this everyone like please i'm going to have to ask <laughs> yeah that you hold your please. reaction and because I'm 1993 they actually do let me get yeah this. even in boston <laughs> yeah so that match is awful yeah it really it's it's boring it's terrible brett's got like short tights on 
Yeah, well, I feel like wasn't that to make him look like the rest of the family? It makes him look like a hot dog. Yeah, he, looks he just like looks an idiot. like an idiot. So it does have some good moments in terms of Stu punching Shawn Michaels is really right. funny. Yeah, the commentary because Bobby Heenan is absolutely hysterical. As is just like the King, Bobby might make this. Bobby didn't really have time to do this because he wasn't around afterwards, yeah. but. Bobby really makes up for the time that he never got to make fun of Brett's family. He just goes all out in this it, match. That is a alt you have to watch. It's just hilarious. There used to be a YouTube video which has since been deleted. Called, has it? Yeah, uh. called Bobby Heenan is God, and it's <laughs> literally it just clips to everything from this one match. Yeah, that he says I've seen it. It's, it's like great. a fifteen minute video. It, yeah, it's long too. The fact that Bobby can say fifteen minutes worth of crap—it's amazing in a like a crappy match. I mean, the match is like nine hours, but. <laughs> It is notable because Owen's the only one eliminated because Brett accidentally uh, gets knocked off the apron by him. Right. This so is Sean the, the beginning Owen. of the Owen feud. Right. So it was good booking, but the match itself is just dog shit. And that's one of my least favorite things. Quinn, do you have anything? I think that leads to, I mean, definitely connects very nicely. Uh-oh. Because uh, the king the next year. <laughs> oh, no. Instead yeah. of having knights, now he has midgets. <laughs> And, yes, and, he does. And it connects to Doink, too, because he fights Doink with other midgets. You know, that's such typical 1994 booking. That they you, would just redo it? Yeah, you got a clown and a midget, so the evil king brings his own midget. Right. Like, what? Sleazy, wheezy, peasy. Cheesy. Che- cheesy, yeah, whatever. And then you got Doink, Dink. I recently watched this match, Pink too. And win- yeah. actually, to, it, in, in, my, in my travels. I'll give Jerry Lawler this. He sells a Burger King crown being put on his head. Oh, that's Like, it's great. the worst thing ever. It's, okay, let me give it this. It's, there's some fun moments. There are. it's one of those matches where if you're watching it in your den and somebody walks in, you're, you're just, embarrassed to be a wrestling you fan. You just want it, yeah. And this is why it's a good thing that that wasn't on Thanksgiving. Because you don't want your fucking <laughs> uncle being like, what the hell are you watching there? You know this isn't. You know this isn't real, right? Uh, yeah. Why is that guy dressed like a clown? Why is this guy a king? Why the yep. midget king? Like you don't want to explain that. It'd be like watching the show with Art Donovan next to you. Yeah, basically. Hey, who's that guy? How much does this guy you know weigh? What, you know what's oh, another problem with that, that match? What? In the middle of it, um, one of the rules that would probably be very unexplained, and they didn't really need to go through with it, but they oh, do. there's a plot hole here. Yes. Yeah, the king eliminates Doink. Right. But the rule is is that the king cannot fight the midgets cuz it's right. like a mixed tag where the women, you know, in a mixed tag where the women can't fight the men and yeah, the, men or the midgets fight. fight the midgets and that's right. it. It's right. the mixed tag rules, right? Right. So king eliminates doink but like it's like the first elimination. And so, then effectively king is eliminated. Right. So how can doink's team win? Right. If they can't eliminate king. Exactly. And they don't win. They don't win, exactly. They don't win, but also at the how same... How would they be able yeah, to? Yeah, it's like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how would they win? What would happen if they eliminated all the midgets and just King it's was three, versus the midgets? Yeah, it's three clown midgets against the tall exactly. King Exactly, it makes zero sense. And what Gorilla happens? remarks on the mic, um, he says something to the effect of, hey, he just eliminated himself. Right, by eliminating Doink. Right, but like... Gorilla d- probably did not want to be doing this show. Oh, no. His it son, sounds like he... Joey doesn't. was already dead. Oh, was he? 
Was he probably recent? wanted nothing. Yeah, July. Oh. He probably wanted nothing to do with this. He's wearing a fucking cowboy. He looks like Roy <laughs> Rogers. Yeah, I mean that that Survivor Series is bad, and I mean that that's another moment on there, the Chuck Norris deal with the cowboy stuff. I know, and that's kind of bo- remember it's just like Bam Bam and uh, Bundy just look at Chuck Norris for like ten years. <laughs> this is shitty. I know we talked about it earlier, but like it's just. There's nothing like there's nothing it's to awful. that man. It's very anticlimactic. Yeah. Like Yokozuna just ends up in the casket. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Happy uh, 1994, guys. Yeah. See you at the Rumble. You know what else is really bad? The whole 1990 Survivor Series. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, it's got the Undertaker, but that's really it. The thing really I remember it. the most about it is Slaughter, like going oh, off God. on Hogan. Yeah, or whatever going off in America. Not not even Hogan yet. Was it even alluded to yet that he was fighting? Kind him? of, but not. He was. Who still, else would fight him? Duggan. He was still caught up in Volkov. Remember? Right. He had a problem with that. Then he worked his way up to Duggan, and then finally <laughs> yeah. Hogan. Uh, isn't that sad that that's like the best they could do to fight him? Volkov. Volkov. Seventy-six-year-old Volkov. And even Duggan at that point, because he was like only like a high mid-tier guy. Like he wasn't like. Yeah, he was high in '87 too when he was with the Sheik <laughs> on the Jersey when Turnpike. They smoked the crack. They yeah, smoked that crack. Yeah. Um, that's a bad Survivor Series. It does have the Undertaker, so you got to give it that. It's got that, but also the elimination match, right? The final Survivor okay, Series match. This is what I wanted to get into with this, and this is why this this. Believe it or not, folks, this is a pay-per-view that I did not get to see for a long time because for whatever reason, the video stores in my area didn't seem to have this tape. And I happened to not have it for most of the time I knew Quinn. I didn't even have it. I had seen it. I just didn't have it. Right. So I hadn't seen this, and I sought it out. And I I kept telling him not to. Obviously, I knew it was bad because obviously the Gooker is legendary and blah blah blah. But I kept telling you it's not worth it. What was alluring to me about this about this show was the fact that it had something called the Ultimate Survivor Match or something like that. Yeah, something like this grand finale. Grand finale. And the concept is this: it's that all the Survivor Series matches, all the survivors from each of the matches combined to make one final match yeah yeah. and which also there's a little plot hole in that because what match what team are they on why are the heels separate from the faces but there's no lot because it was like a three on five it wound up it ended yes it ends up being a three on five with i think hogan um hogan Hogan warrior and tito santana against rick martell's entire team yeah the visionaries the visionaries and that's another thing that the name I, I get why that's the name. I but love the team names. I hate the team names. Why? I just always feel like... Rude's Brood. I just... Million always, Dollar Team. They're always so corny. The Hulkamaniacs. I don't know. Rowdies, Rowdies. Sometimes they don't make sense. Come on. And uh, The Vipers? Was the Vipers Jake the Snake? Yeah. I don't know. I just have a problem with it. I just, the Teamsters? What the fuck is the Teamsters? Diesel's team. Yeah, but why? What Because he's in- a truck driver. What does he involve with Jimmy Hoffa? He's in the Teamsters unit. Yeah. <laughs> does he know he's like buried in the giant stadium end zone That's and all a that? Myth. What do you mean? It's not true. It is. So but anyway, back yeah, to the ninety ultimate survivor match, whatever you want to call it's it. It's an ultimate nap. I might <laughs> yeah. watch that tomorrow in the middle of the day to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, but it it's just it doesn't live up to it, and it always bothered me that they didn't try this concept another year, just because like probably because this one sucked. Yeah, but I mean. It's not like they can test this shit out all the time because, like, Survivor Series happens once a year. So it's like you could at least try it one more year just to yeah, see. You know what? 91 probably wasn't the year to do that. You know what would be a good year to do that? 93. No. 2000. 
2001 when they have the whole alliance alliance thing. thing yeah yeah why wouldn't they just have all the survivor series matches be like wwf versus wcw and ecw and then at the very end the survivors fight for control of wwf would have like, been nice that actually. makes more that could have sense built some drama yeah, yeah. Is Rico at that? No, that's later. Um, remember Rico? <laughs> yeah, remember him. Uh, the, we're getting a little bit of leeway here from the sponsors, but we're really cutting it close. So mm. I want to wrap up with a few quick fire things I'm going to mention, Quinn. Okay. Shoot. You know what really, really, really sucked? The gobbledygooker? Well, <laughs> I think everyone knows. I feel like it's too obvious, but yes. Yeah, I mean, the gobble... The gobble gobble? The gobble gobble really sucked. No, I'm talking about how Steve Austin got run over by a car at Survivor Series 99. <sighs> yes, Rikishi. But, like, like you didn't know it at the time. Because Rikishi wasn't even, like, a thing and in then 99. And it's the big show winning the title, if I, uh, yes. if I recall. Which, at least, thankfully, it leads to the big boss man <laughs> being, like, the wily coyote, yeah. evilest person. I don't want to get too into it, but I know. It, it's one of those things. He's so funny. Because that might be a fun thing to talk about at a later date. But boss the man, boss yeah, man is in 99. insane. Between and, that and the Al Snow thing, which we right, won't talk about now, right. but he is the most evil cartoon villain ever. He's insane. Yeah. And he gets a world title push out of it. But, but back to the big show, why the fuck would the big show win the title? I was so pissed. And doesn't he have the shirt and short hair at that point? No, not the short hair yet, but he's okay. gearing up towards that but short hair. But does he have the shirt yet? He might have the shirt. Just the big show shirt on? He might have the big shirt. With the, like, Smackdown letter face on it? I, I actually, recall. yeah, it was. Yeah. I actually thought they were going to go with Test at the time. Huh? Test was a big deal still in 99. What, because he was fake dating Stephanie McMahon or whatever? Yeah. Oh, that was so dumb. He had that good match against Shane at SummerSlam. Who cares? Fuck Test. I don't like him. Do not speak evil of the deceased. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I forgot he was dead. But, well, like, I mean, he can't hear you. I know, but I, I honestly forgot he was dead. But, like, seriously, he was kind of shitty. He I, wasn't good. I never said he, he was. What does he really have to do with Survivor Series, in all honesty? I thought they were going with him at 99. I think 99. he unified the titles, or he was in a unification match at the Alliance. What title? U.S. and Intercontinental. What? At, like, Alliance. Not the the Olymp- the Survivor Series, like, end of the, the, oh, the no Alliance one. thing. Yeah. yeah. You know what else sucked about? Uh, here's a Survivor Series moment that really sucks, or a match that really sucks. The four doinks against um, the Head Shrinkers and Bastion Booger and Bam Bam Bigelow, but it's really it's men on a mission dressed as Doink and the Bushwhackers oh, dressed that. as Doink. When you said four doinks, I was like, exactly. what, the midgets again? That well, didn't everyone happen. thought it was yeah. going to be like Doink and like three other doinks. Yeah, but it was really just men on a mission and the that Bushwhackers. That was stupid. That's yeah, really I mean, stupid. That was really dumb. Why? Yeah. Why was that even a thing? I don't know. Well, I, okay. This reminds me of another stupid Survivor Series thing. Okay. That this will blow your mind because this is actually almost the same exact thing just a few years later. What? So the other night I turned on Survivor Series '99, and the opening contest is the Godfather's team, right? Yeah. But like the Godfather comes out, does his pimp and hose nationwide, the whole nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Drop roll a fatty for this pimp yeah, daddy, all that. He comes out. Yeah. And then. Then all of a sudden his music is like still playing, mm-hmm. and then D'Lo comes out dressed up like the Godfather. I thought that happened at WrestleMania 2000. No, this is they at started this is at Survivor Series. Okay. And then after that, the Headbangers come out dressed up like the Godfather, except they have Afro wigs on. Thrasher, what were you thinking? Yeah, this really happened, and That's they horrible. They fight some team. I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. But the point is, is no, that that was pretty shitty. Like that whole like Godfather's godfathers or something that's what i mean about them just not giving a shit about the survivor series concept at that time they didn't oh, they didn't care they didn't care yeah 
it really ran its course after 89, as far as I'm concerned. I think, yeah, I think uh, fair to say, I mean, they tried to reinvigorate it with 90 with the Ultimate yeah. Survivor match. I am probably keep calling it the wrong name, but who it's, gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Yeah. But that pay-per-view stinks. Yeah, it stinks. It's really bad. It, it's annoying to me that that wasn't, like, better because it looks kind of awesome on paper. The I love the idea of a, like— A grand finale grand survivor finale. match. Yeah, I definitely. wish they did that. Right, still. but it just sucked. They should do that every year now that they have Raw versus SmackDown. They should. They should, but I can't believe we're—by the way, just real quick here before we wrap up, I cannot believe that we're back to Raw versus SmackDown. It's dumb. Like, didn't this happen— That's, like, like one of the matches at the Survivor Series I know, Series but didn't year. this happen in, like, 2003, 2002? It's really stupid. I just feel like all this. this I feel like the logo to this pay per view should be Vince's face with the blue and red eye. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe our friend Carter can stay up all night unlocking things (laughs) in the game. That was one of the better wrestle, the uh, better wrestle, better wrestle games. Wrestle twenty five. Actually, yeah, but Raw vs SmackDown, the first one, awesome. And I like 06 also a real. I always think of Raw vs SmackDown when I think of the Survivor Series too. I don't know why. Like, yeah. I feel like that's like because uh, they had a lot of years of brand split. They did, and like that, the fact that like they would do that with Survivor Series every year, it fits. How many? How long did the brand split go? Did they go from two thousand two to two thousand twelve or something? It or was very long. It was very loosely enforced near the end. Towards the end, yeah, yeah. it was like, but it existed. Yeah. But now they're back to the versus thing. Like, who gives a shit? It's all the same fucking company. We all know that. Right, but... Like, what are they trying to, to pull be fair, here? To be fair, they've done a good job because it, the brand split's still kind of newer. They've done a good job kind of, like, splitting them up to the point where this is, like, the first real time they're going to meet going I know. into this Survivor I, I know Series. that. So but it's just... I feel like... And we've just been around long enough that we've seen this before. I, yeah, I feel like I've seen it, too. You know? This this one has some potential because of the brand split. Then there's a lot of new talent. The fact that, I get it. that I get there's it. guys that will face each other in this Raw vs SmackDown first time. for the first time ever, which is the way it used to be. Which with the Survivor alludes Series, all the right. way back to the first Survivor Series, where the first time Andre and Hogan would meet. Um, Good call, Quinn. Since WrestleMania, that's a very fair point. Yeah, folks, I really do wish that we could do this. Uh, longer than we are yeah but lord alfred's you know pestering us right now he is and so un- unfortunately we're gonna have to you know wrap this up shortly so what i do want to remind you of is this upcoming monday scott keith from blog of doom this monday in new jersey and canada that's right <laughs> simulcasting yeah uh, scott keith will be with us not only that you can find us and i hope you do on twitter at ovp podcast isn't that right, Quinn? Yeah. I'd also like to hype a new thing we got going. Oh, what do you got, Quinn? OVPpodcast.com. The dot com. The official website. That's right. Our Vantage Point Retro That's right. Wrestling Podcast. We have a website, so you can find all our crap there, you too. You leave a comment there. Leave a comment if you want to. And it's got links to everything we have. Yeah, we got the SoundCloud. We got the iTunes. We got, we got the, the Google Stitcher. Play. We got the Stitcher. We yeah. got the Facebook we don't have the MySpace. Yeah. Folks, have a very good weekend. Tomorrow is Friday, TGIF. Enjoy your Survivor Series. Enjoy your Survivor Series if you're watching it. And stay tuned because this upcoming Monday, the net cop himself, Scott Keith, will be joining us. Very exciting. It's going to be very exciting. So you folks have a very, very good weekend. We will see you on Monday. Yo, Hawkeye!
maniacs. It's Thanksgiving night, and this is the happiest time of year for all the maniacs, brother. You know, me and all my little hulksters, we got a lot of things to be thankful for. Number one, we're thankful for being happy and very healthy. We're thankful for having time to share with our loved ones. We're also thankful that Hulkamania is still the strongest force in the universe. And after the turkey's done, after the blessings are all done, I can tell you what the hulksters mostly happy about. It's Survivor Series time, and I'm thankful for my team of Hulkamaniacs. I'm thankful because I'm rich and you're not. <laughs> I'm thankful for having Damien and the DDT. You know what we're thankful for? We don't have to fight each other. Oh, yeah. I am thankful that I am the only man worthy of being the Macho King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm thankful for the privilege of living right here in the good old U.S. of A. Tough guy. I'm thankful I've got that big earthquake on my side. <laughs> what I'm thankful for for Thanksgiving for my polka dots. I'm thankful for the justice I serve. I'm thankful for wrestling, cutting, and strutting. I'm thankful for my good looks. I'm thankful for having the most ravishing body in the WWF. I'm thankful because I ate Ricky Rude. I am thankful for being the world's smartest man. I'm thankful for being absolutely perfect. Yeah, we're thankful for having started stuffing in our turkey tonight! I'm thankful for spending Thanksgiving with all the members of the Heenan family. Thanks to giving every day, but especially this day, as the Warriors give me the intention to deliver them to you. Stop, 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 stop. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>